0: We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Women on the Line. A national feminist current affairs program produced by women and gender non-conforming people at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, on Wurundjeri Country of the Kulin Nations, and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Iris Lee. Religious freedom has been the latest rallying point of the conservative Christian right after their marriage postal survey loss. Former PM Malcolm Turnbull commissioned the Radic Religious Freedom Review, which was kept under wraps until October last year. The now Morrison government has a draft religious discrimination bill before parliament based on the review. This week we hear from campaigner Rene Carr from Fair Agenda and Tilda Joy from the Retail and Fast... Food Workers Union and Industrial Workers of the World for their thoughts on the Religious Discrimination Bill. First, we hear from Renee. Okay, I'm joined and on the Line by Renee Carr, who is the founding director of Fair Agenda and Independent Community Campaigning Organisation Driving Change that Promotes Fairness and Equality for Women. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, could you give some of the political background about the Morrison government's Religious Discrimination Bill?
1: Yeah, so um, recently the Attorney General Christian Porter released an exposure draft of something called the Religious Discrimination Bill. Um, many people might remember um, discussions around Israel Folau um, and the legislation has been released partially in response to that. It, um, it was supposed to um, provide protections for people of faith from discrimination But as well as doing that, it also provides a licence to discriminate against others, which is causing a lot of concern amongst women, members of the LGBTIQ community, um, and others who worry that they might have a licence to discriminate against them.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's been many concerning things written and said about the implications of this bill. Could you outline some of the worrying implications of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there are two key um, provisions that Fair Agenda, as a group focused on um, fairness and equality for women, are particularly concerned about. The first relates to um, impacts on healthcare access. So the legislation in its current form proposes to expand something called conscientious objection rights for health practitioners, so doctors, pharmacists, physiotherapists, etc. Um, where state laws don't apply would um, have a right to challenge any employer or health practitioner rule that sought to provide patients with rights where their practitioner has a religious belief about their care. So rather than the current system where um, basically in most circumstances patients' right to access care and unbiased advice is prioritised, and practitioners are able to have a conscientious objection but have to disclose it and provide information to um, to patients, for example, with doctors under the AMA guidelines. Um, the Religious Discrimination Bill in its current form would provide basis for any doctor who has a religious belief to challenge those requirements um, and to refuse to provide information or referrals until that rule is tested in court. Mm. And the second part that we're particularly concerned about are um, provisions relating to so-called statements of belief that would essentially override other people's protection from harm, for example, under anti-discrimination legislation in Tasmania, if the person making the comment could say that it was a statement of their religious belief.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so overriding state anti-discrimination laws. Yeah,
1: and the Race and Disability Discrimination Act as well.
0: Yes, yeah, so overriding a whole lot of acts that have come in over the last few decades that have been seen as a way of challenging bigotry, I guess. Um, where are things at with um, dissent, dissent and support of the bill? So...
1: The government have just closed a consultation and submission process and are currently reviewing the content of the legislation before it's introduced into Parliament. They've indicated in the media that they um, want to deal with it before Christmas, so um, we're waiting for the final version of the legislation to be introduced, and we're hopeful that the government will remove those two extremely damaging components of the legislation so that um the core of the legislation, just focusing on protecting people of faith from discrimination is the bill that is introduced.
0: Mm. So in terms of protecting people of faith, would that particularly help? because we know like particularly Islamophobia is rife in um, in Australia around and around many sections of the world. Would you see amendments? helping in terms of discrimination protections against Islamophobia?
1: So the... um, (laughs) Sorry, I'll start that again. Protections against discrimination on the basis of someone's religion are really important. We know that many women of faith are subject to discrimination because of their religion, um, including Muslim women, Um, One of the groups that we're working alongside, Democracy in Colour, are calling for a strengthening of provisions in the legislation to address vilification, for example, of Muslim people. Um, And so that's another question being considered through the government's consultation process.
0: Cool. Um, What are some of the ways listeners that stand against the bill in this current form, um, do you suggest they can stand against it?
1: Yeah, so people can get involved in the campaign to stop this legislation being used to create a licence to discriminate on Fair Agenda's website, fairagenda.org, and by contacting their local MP to express concern about the legislation providing a licence to discriminate and urging them to vote against any provisions that would provide a licence to discriminate against others, this legislation should provide equal protection for everyone, regardless of their faith, um, gender, and sexuality.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and in terms of just looking slightly beyond the the bill, what sort of things do you think this bill is just like? Obviously, can be expanded on, but what sort of the things things do you think it's sort of setting? Narratives around and could be distracting from issues to campaign around?
1: Hmm.
0: If you have any thoughts on that.
1: <laughs> That's a good question. I don't have any front of mind. Um, look, I certainly think that there are a number of other issues that the government could be prioritising rather than... Um, These provisions that would create a license to discriminate. For example, funding services that women rely on to escape family violence would be a really great alternate focus.
0: Women's on the line. (laughs) Women on the line. Women on the line. Now we hear from Tilda Joy, president of the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, and member of the Industrial Workers of the World, on her thoughts and the dangers of the Religious Discrimination Bill, particularly as it affects trans people. Could you talk a little about a little bit about yourself for listeners?
2: Hi, yeah. Um, my name's Tilda. I am the national president of the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. And I'm also a delegate for the Industrial Workers of the World. It's a anti-capitalist union, uh, one big union for all the workers. Anyone can join as long as you're not a cop or a boss. Awesome. A trans woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Um, so, on to the so-called religious freedom bill. Um, some have described this bill as a bill that gives license to bigotry as a bigots bill. What are your thoughts on the bill?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's how I describe it. Um, It's a really kind of concerning um, development, how how it's gone. We were assured during um, when they were putting the bill together, the federal government was saying things like it's going to be a shield and not a sword, and um, it's going to be uh, like most other anti-discrimination legislation. But it's really not. And um, Especially in an industrial space where Mm. uh, your job um, or your education, or your healthcare, maybe put at risk um, just because of uh, you know your gender identity or sexual preference. Um, we see things like this happening in the Supreme Court in the so-called United States at the moment. Um, you know, kind of trying to decide whether you can sack trans people like you and me um, just just for the fact that they're trans, um, and that would be um, perfectly legal and non-discriminatory. And it's this kind of overreach that is really concerning as a unionist.
0: Yeah, as you were saying this the so-called Religious Freedom Bill is modelled on similar bills in the United States and has lended to like the anti-trans panic in the US. Um, do you have similar fears that this is extending that panic here? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And it's not just US. I mean, it's pretty pretty bad in the US. I think one of the worst places we see it coming from, is um, the UK as well. Um, And, yeah, it is quite concerning um, in terms of US influence into, like, the trans panic and that kind of thing is the the amount of money that's going in from, um, you know, uh, evangelical uh, megachurches and things like that um, to influence the debate. You only really have to look at um, the March for Babies, which happened um, about a fortnight ago now, the uh, pro-life rally, anti-choice rally... Um, and yeah they was obviously a really well funded rally and they had lots of you know like uh, swazzy looking posters and gear to run around with and um, yeah it's like uh, explicitly you know funded by overseas and things like that so I think there's a concern just about the narrative about uh, you know just the media's pushing but I think there's also a lot of concern about a, a concerted push from organized religion and for-profit religions, particular, um, capitalist religions, um, you know, kind of pushing their agenda overseas.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I know you've been involved in a lot of different social movements, organizations. How do you think we can shift the narrative from this terrain that sort of centers white, conservative, Christian, bigotry and and entitlement?
2: Um, Well, one of the simplest actions people can take is to head out to the State Library this Saturday for the, um, the rally against the um, against the bill. Um, you know, if you're the kind of person who's into you know writing to your representatives, so, um, that might be worth it. You know, there's a crossbench out there um, who are going to be voting on this stuff. They're going to have the decisive vote. Um, you know, we can guess the way that Pauline Hanson and her mates are going to vote, but, um, you know, we are relying on you know, a couple, a lot of centrists at the moment. Um, but I think in in general, it's about uh, pushing our agenda forward, I think, you know. hear a lot about the trans agenda, but it's mostly played in a defensive posture, mm. um, you know, protecting ourselves from discrimination, from, you know, the right to housing, being taken away from us, or the right to health care or employment. Um, you know, where we... Specifically for trans people, there's that um, some progressive workplaces are picking up, like um, paid transition leave, uh, you know, 20 days of, of that um, to help with, you know, surgeries or counselling or hair removal, whatever, whatever you want to get, you know. Um, that's like a positive thing we can be pushing for to kind of talk about um, our rights in the workplace and um, the way we are structurally disadvantaged but frame it in a way of, a positive way of um, achieving what we want. Um, You know, and getting that discussion out there about how we are just normal members of the community, Mm. Um, because a lot of it is kind of this shadowy stuff. We're described as being oversensitive, and um, you know, uh, kind of just troublesome. You know, in the in the school space, or through safe schools, or you know, just um, you know, panic about people using uh, bathrooms and things like that. Um, I think a push for our positive rights is is, is really needed. And to, to change the narrative here about um, claiming, uh, you know, better conditions for our own lives um, would probably be a way to stop centering, you know, white, evangelical, male, middle class or, you know, just bourgeois um, Christians...
0: Across these stolen lands, now called Australia, you have been listening to Women on the Line, highlighting a range of gender non-conforming and women voices, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This week, we're hearing about the Religious Discrimination Bill. Stay tuned to hear more from Tilda Joy. Did you have other major concerns you wanted to talk about with the bill?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess one of the, the main concerns is um, the potential for it to, um, you know, it's called a religious exemptions bill. It's offering exemptions for organised religions, um, you know, some of these are the most powerful institutions on the planet as well, um, to be exempt from uh, being brought up on discrimination charges in front of the Human Rights Council. In this country. Um, And that's astounding. That's not... That's clearly... um, Yeah, if we're going to talk about the shield, sword kind of metaphor, um, that's clearly a a sword that they're just handing to some of the most powerful institutions in the history of the planet. um, Giving them the the rights to violate the human rights of, um, you know, trans people, queer people, um, uh, anyone that doesn't follow their religion basically but especially us that's you know they're obsessed with us um it's an explicit right to be able to get away with that and you know not be subject to the findings of the human rights commission that's a that's a massive concern particularly i'm not uh personally concerned with um my ability as an individual to take a case to the, uh, the human rights commission um because i don't really have much faith in courts or things like that myself But having a law that basically says that um, religious beliefs are above the institutions which are are supposed to um, kind of enforce the the rules that our liberal society has kind of um, structured to protect us from discrimination, um, the knowledge of that is just going to embolden people. Um, You know, we've seen it a fair bit um, since Morrison um, became prime minister. Um, just, like, a, a spike in the kind of, like, general uh, hatred and stuff that, um, you know, whether that's in the media or elsewhere. But um, I think it'll be very felt-thing that people are going to experience at work, especially if you're uh, in a customer service or, you know, any, any kind of service industry. Um, we already face a lot of abuse, and um, if it's able to come from our employers or if it's going to be emboldening um just the general public to discriminate against us under the guise of religious freedom that's a concern i'm not sure that's the direct effect of this bill mm. um, that's not what they're legislating but i think that's going to be the effect is an emboldening of um of the bigotry the low level stuff that people experience on a day-to-day basis i think i'm um, i'm worried that that's just going to increase when um you know our parliament basically gives the green light
1: Women on the line
0: It appears the Federal Australian Labor Party are undecided on this bill um, What message would you want to send to them?
2: Um, I have got a lot of messages for the Federal Labor Party um, Really, I'm not really interested in um, swaying them um, They're not an opposition party the, the idea that they're a Labor Party is kind of ridiculous as well Um, A lot of the support for this bill would be be coming from uh, right-wing Catholic parts of the Labor Party um, and mainly the ones that are affiliated with the STA, which is, um, for listeners that might not know, the shop and distributed allies, employment, uh, something. It's a union, supposedly. It's um, enforced uh, pay cuts and penalty rates cuts um, across the sector um, in retail and fast food, um, which is the main reason why the retail and fast food workers' union was established, um, but they've used their massive um, membership—they're one of the biggest unions in the in the private sector. Um, they use their massive membership to really take hold of um, the right wing of the Labour Party and to keep alive um, the uh, kind of Catholic kind of um, teachings, uh, you know, like they've spent members on submissions against same-sex marriage and against um, the right to choose, um, against stem cell research. Um, That's what they're interested in, is um, clamping down on their rights. So I'm not surprised that the Labor Party um, is not decided because half of their party um, are the fundamentalist bigots that we are are trying to protect ourselves from in the, the queer and trans community. Mm. Um, So, I guess my only message is, um, you know, maybe they should have the courage of their convictions and um, leave and join the Democratic Labor Party and be um, proper right-wingers about it and not pretend to be progressive because they're not, if you're an SDA member, or maybe they should um, resign from the union and um, hang their heads in shame.
1: Women's on the line. (laughs) Oh, that was
0: women on the line. Women on the line. (laughs) <laughs> There's been opinion polling that's come out in the last few years that shows that most people stand against, like, the li- the already existing licence to discriminate in, sort of, in schooling in terms of private Catholic schooling and all that, and yet, like, the political system is suggesting this bill is, like, widely supported.
2: Yeah, not the first time that our um, political representatives have been out of touch with um, the views of the community. I guess uh, the biggest example of that would be the struggle we had to get fans to marriage in the first place, which you know many of us would consider um, undesirable anyway um, in terms of just being a heteronormative patriarchal structure. Um, but that's the kind of win that we have to... Uh, really, really fight for over decades, even when there's overwhelming public support and it's been proven um, in a, in a formalised vote. But, you know, you, you can read opinion polls about any number of things um, that don't line up with what our yeah. representatives think. Um, so that's not surprising, but in terms of the way we can address that um, in our schools, I think it's important that we do have a strong um, industrial presence in our schools um, in terms of, you know, unions and things like that, I think. Um, you know, like the AEU, it's a fantastic union, anti-EU in the um, university sector. But they're not the ones who are going to be dealing with this, really. It's um, the independent schools. Um, but I think across the board, the union movement needs to be backing in the independent education union, um, whether well, that's across the sector in solidarity with them, uh, or if, it, if it's other unions showing solidarity... Um, and protecting people from, um, you know, these threats against against their livelihood. Um, because a law at the end of the day is not job security, even if you've got a law in your favour that says things are illegal, plenty of illegal things happen every day in every sector of our economy. Um, it's integral to how people make money. And um, I think whether there's a law or not that allows them to do this, um, in practice, It's um, the standard that the workers are um, able to enforce for themselves is um, what's going to protect people at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks for joining me and and Women on the Line.
2: Thanks for having me, Iris.
0: And that was Tilda Jai from the Retail and Fast Workers Union and the IWW. Earlier in the show, we had Renee Carr from Fair Agenda. Thanks for tuning in to Women on the Line. Now we're going to a track by local Melbourne-based artist June Jones called Leave. I take a moment every day to miss you I never really had to learn how to grieve I wonder what my life would look like if I never told you that I had to live But I did, and I left It's been months since the last time we spoke And there are promises I know I didn't keep Was it a fixable or unfixable? Brahim Women on the Line is a national feminist current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne on Kulin Nation's land and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The theme music for Women on the Line is slideshow at Free University by Latigra. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded at www.3cr.org.au forward/women on the line We'd love to hear your comments or thoughts about the program so please send an email to women on the line at gmail.com or give us a call at 3CR on 03 8377. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Iris Lee. Tune in to Women on the Line next week on your community radio station.